to another exciting episode of the Information Revolution. <laughs> very exciting. Yeah, very exciting for all concerned. Absolutely. It's a podcast for people who work with information. And today we've decided we're going to be talking about what we consider a failure of EDRMS. So I think we'll just quickly do our intros first. So my name is Michael Upton. I'm an information management consultant in New Zealand. I work for a little company called MetaTaxis. And I'm Judy Verno. I work for that same little company in Wellington, and I'm an information architect. And I'm Carl Melrose. I work for Castle Point Systems in Canberra, and a disclaimer that my views are my own. That's right. So in terms of the topic for today, yeah, we just feel that there's definitely something worth exploring about the, the idea of EDRMS and what it's even for and whether or not it's actually worked because, in my experience, as a super broad generalisation, it hasn't. It really has not. Um, and I think we probably need to start with, well, if we're going to say that something's failing, then what's it supposed to be doing? <laughs> and and well, also, I mean, we talk about EDRMS but EDMS has also been around for a long time, and therefore, what do we think the difference is? And should we just say it's an electronic yeah. document and records management system as opposed to just a document management system? So, yeah, so what do we think it does? I mean, obviously, it does document management. Uh, and yeah, it, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I bump into the, you know, this is one of these key differences that I bump into all the time. I mean, I think we've got to look at the body of practice that it, that's attached to each one of these sort of paradigms as we go as well, because, um, you know, you don't see document control, which, you know, EDMS, you know, document management, you know, generally paired with document control and document controllers. You don't see it popping up everywhere, but where you do see it popping up, it's generally well understood people under, under uh, investing in it they know what it's for the organization knows what it's for and it generally seems to be a success when i see it um i would say in that context with document control and um, quality management solutions and like um uh come on Brian, and uh, utilities companies and things um it, it's it's quite a narrow uh scope of what's expected to go into that kind of solution that you put things through a process and they reach a formal status and yeah. that's what you're tracking um yeah so that's that's what i see with with things that are typically called a dms and are working in the way that you describe car yeah I'd, I'd agree with that too actually yeah it's that for it is a formal process and and people are very clear what goes in there also very clear about why though too mm -hmm. you know and i mean what's really interesting is that if you look at what's going on in the edm you know in what we might call the edms space which i mean fr from what i see it's the same systems but it's just different practices around the systems um i mean they're, they're the same thing's happening to them that's happening to record systems you know i mean people aren't people are are, are buying a, a a, a sort of um, generic document management system less often and more often they're going and they're buying something like Aconex or, you know, so whatever industry they're in, you know, a line of business management system. And then they're still, you know, hiring document controllers to make sure that, you know, stuff goes in, that the right stuff goes in there. It's the right version. You know, the drawings that are in there, you know, are the right version. You know, they are the latest version, you know, all that stuff because, you know, organisations know. I mean. One of the organisations that I worked with 
um, that was doing some of this stuff, you know, they knew they were going to have to maintain this asset for the next 50 years. And so if they didn't have the right construction drawings, I mean, the cost of, mm. you know, mm. get the, the, the cost of stuffing something up because you don't have the right construction drawings or manufacturing something without the right drawings is gigantic and they know it. So, so just to be clear, so those kinds of line of business systems do manage documents and they manage them as part of a sort of process or workflow yeah. with other sort, yep. of, sort of um, descriptive data or, I don't know, something else that's not just documents, but through yeah. through a kind of a defined interface that makes sense of the business process. Yeah. Yeah. Well put. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that with, um, for instance, some construction, which I guess is the kind of thing you're describing there. That, yeah. you know, yeah, it's like, why not go and um, procure a product that basically works you through all the things you need to do in the construction process? And part of that is capturing good records about that process, which come in the format of documents largely, but also just include straight up data. Yeah. So Michael was making a, a point in the in the pre-show discussion that, you know, we've all, we've all seen uh, records management systems work really well in law firms. And it's just interesting because, you know, I, I don't actually, I don't get to talk to the heads of, you know, agencies that I've worked with, you know, I actually can't think of a time when I've actually been able to talk to the chief executive about records or, you know, whoever's at the top. But, you know, I've sat down with half a dozen partners from different law firms who have been happy to spend time talking about records. And, you know, that they, it, it's it's actually interesting how mature their perspective on it's been. You know, they really understand that, that that's their business. You know, their, their business is, you know, their knowledge and how they use it, the records they keep around it. I mean, the whole legal profession actually, you know, floats on records of past cases. So it's just interesting that you go into a law firm, they bill in six-minute intervals, you know, they um, and they keep amazing records about the cases they're working on because if they don't, they have bad outcomes. Yeah, and they go wrong. Yeah. 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 It's, it's cultural. And it was, yeah. you know, while, while we were thinking about, you know, because I think this is a, a topic that we're all, <laughs> I think we're all a little bit uncomfortable talking about, you know, EDRMS as a failure, you know, because we've all spent so much time, you know, working for those organisations and, and implementing them and those sorts of things. But, I mean, I was just trying to think about, you know, this failure analysis is almost a, is almost is almost also about creating a blueprint for making something successful, and I was actually just trying to think about you know what are the things that you actually do to make an EDRMS successful because I have seen them successful you know a couple of times, <laughs> um, you know and and you know it's important to define what success is you know I mean I, I, success for me is you know you write a policy and the policy says that you've got to do these things in these situations and you know. A very very high percentage of the time that you're supposed to do those things in those situations they're actually done so you know i mean if you sit down and you write a policy like we do you know in government agencies that says you know every piece of information that are, you know that's used in the transaction of government business by a public service or whatever the you know wording of your relevant policy is um and then you go into a government agency and 98 percent of the information isn't in the isn't in the you know the records management system that the policy says the records have to be and then for, for me i think we've got to consider that a failure so it's really about you know I, i'm not saying that you know everything has to be in an edrms everywhere but i'm saying that you know you you write a policy and your your effectiveness of that policy you know should should be high and i think that when we write a policy that says 
you know, everything is a record and must go in the EDRMS. I mean, I think, you know, I, I've just been, I was trying to, I was, well, before we started this morning, I was sitting down and trying to sort of bullet, bullet out the things that need to be in place for that idea to be successful. And it's so contextual, you know, it's, it's the death by a thousand cuts, you know, it, okay, in the law firm, it's one, it's one very strong thing, um, you know, but it's culture. You know, it's something that's evolved over a long period of time to solve a, a, a set of problems peculiar to that industry. So, also point to something that I think is quite different where we generally, or where I'm normally working with government clients and we talk about EDRMS, um, there is this policy or there is this intention that all records that need to be retained as defined by an external, you know, by, by the regulator, um, all go in the one place. Whereas in a law firm, um, the focus and the thing that I think is succeeding is basically a line of business, you know, yeah. it's, or, or a set of cases that relate to a particular um, business need as well. So, yes, it's cultural, but it's... it's um, there's many EDRMSs out there where I've seen, you know, a particular line of business or a function is is humming, you know, like, and, and, and that's the same thing I see with the law firm. But it's, I think part of the problem is that kind of um, scoping of success, I suppose, for an EDRMS of basically saying, oh, yeah, everything's going in. You know, in, in New Zealand, um, and I'll try not to sort of get into <laughs> going on about the regulator again. But, you know, success for an EDRMS must accommodate, you know, I think the R and that must be about retaining things according to agreed rules, right? And so so we have to talk about it in that context. We have to talk about compliance. And um, uh, for an example in New Zealand that I was thinking about, the master record of all external communications must be retained and transferred to archives. For if you're a central government agency. So how often is that going to happen? <laughs> you know, how often is some kind of um, potentially like video recording or outsourced, um, uh, um, you know, commissioned piece of publicity, basically, how often is that going to end up in your EDRMS and how much effort would it take to focus on all of these different lines of business that are doing the kind of corporate stuff that, you know, corporate stuff happens in law firms as well. And when I'm thinking about the success of law firms, I'm not actually thinking about that. I'm thinking about how well they manage case files related to basically legal matters. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think... I think part of the what's going wrong with the needy RMS is that, um, for better or worse, we're basically asking people to fit everything into one sort of, um, you know, kind of square peg round hole kind of idea. You know, you, let's let's ram it all into the one system and let's expect that we can somehow resource the amount of effort required to get all these diverse bits of an organisation to. Um, to agree that that's a good idea and that they want to do that when potentially it doesn't actually give them anything in terms of their own sort of organisation and their as in how they organise themselves during yeah. the day. So, so is that yeah. more about, I mean, it seems to me that it's actually, a, in theory, a good thing to give people one place to put things because then they don't have to think, yeah. oh, should I be putting it in here or should I be putting it in there or... I've I've created yep. something here. Oh, now I've got to put it into here. That's a drag. Can't be bothered to do it. So giving them one place to put things 
is actually a good thing, you could argue. And I think I probably would argue. Um, The problem is how that one thing is structured and the kinds of functionality that that one thing has. So, I mean, with the traditional EDRMS, we won't name any names, there's usually only one way of organising things, for example. Um, And if that doesn't suit you, then that's a problem. So you're going to start pulling against that. I mean, I think EDRMS probably did work reasonably well in the beginning. I mean, when they were first introduced, if they were structured reasonably well, if they were understood reasonably well, because there was less content around, less documents, records and all that stuff. But as things have got more sophisticated and people have got more sophisticated and the word collaboration never used to come up, but now it does. Yeah, I, think, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure about this because, I mean, I, I talk to, you know, and, th- and this, this predates me, so I'm really running on, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really running on other people's knowledge, but, you know, talking to friends of mine who were around for the transition from paper to electronic in government and, um, you know, the... Ma- they a lot of the same things were there, you know. I mean, when did when did people send their things to the records team? Well, you know, when they ran out of space in their office and had to move out into the, you know, and were either going to send things to the records team or move out into the hallway, you know, that was the paper paradigm. Mm. And then, so for a lot of those people, the, the same thing continued. But I mean, I think a lot of records teams fought the transition to electronic for a really long time. And then I think when you know when, when they and I remember, I remember somebody from Remper talking about it recently you know, talking about how, you know, it was really sold as, you know, people are going to keep their records and it's going to be great and, you know, but but they, but they I think a lot of organisations, probably all of them, took a system that was designed for professional records people, you know, who understood a classification scheme, you know, had the time, had that, that learning time necessary to understand, you know, all of the business activities and where they fit. And then they gave that system to ordinary people who still can't understand it. I mean, you know, I've, I'm definitely on record of bashing functional classification at many points in the past. Um, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense to me, not often. Um, I, I, I would add that um, uh, an EDRMS, in my experience, as good as always exists in parallel with another place where people can save electronic documents. So there's always, like, workers can ordinarily, but you know, as good as always, put something somewhere else and provide access to that, you know, to their colleagues. So I'm talking about shared drives normally. Sometimes it's just they've got personal drives and they just email attachments around. But um, I really think this is part of the complexity is that people are putting information places that suits them most for their day-to-day mm. work and then there's this thing about oh and then there's something else I do and and or I'm supposed to do I think and it's you know I'm supposed to put some stuff over in the EDRMS and the um, thresholds or reasons or criteria you know for putting that stuff in the EDRMS are often not things that matter to those people um, and, and they might sometimes and I think that's where the greatest success would always be is that people go yeah great I actually want a subset of all this, you know, stuff that I'm working on to go somewhere and go, cool, that's the authoritative record of what I've done. And they might not use those words, but that's what they want. They want something they can rely on. Where's the kind of key documentation around that thing I was working on? Um, and yeah, but, 
but that the thresholds or the or the, the reasons for saving things for from a compliance perspective are not the same reasons yeah. that I think would motivate someone to put something into an EDR. Yeah, that's the problem. And then, that's the problem. Yeah, well, one I mean, of the problems. Well, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I'll just sorry, just one more bit on top of that is that then I think that um, you start to undermine the value of that idea of let's say you know the the good idea of having things in one place where you go look for them is you. Um, I think in almost all organisations, a records function is completely fighting uphill against the idea of kind of getting that everyone across the business with diverse needs and requirements and ways of working um, to have a clear idea of what it is that goes in the ERMS, even if they were to do it, you know. So I think I think, I think I, it's no never, surprise. It normally doesn't work. I have never been with an organisation that would not gain greatly from a single source of the truth. Sure, yeah. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely no that. question. It's what everybody says, isn't it? I want single but, but, but how truth. We, yeah, I want version. But how we articulate the, the value of that and measure me, measure the loss of value that's occurring by not having one, I think, is probably one of the places where you know. I mean, I, I've had fights with people about how you know the business are the custodians of records, and you know it's kind of almost there's this. You know, job that for some records team, the job is to provide the system and write the policy, and then it's you know because the business are the custodians of the records, it's their job to put the records in the system. And I don't really understand what that rant is actually useful for. <laughs> but you know, I, think about it. I mean, the records managers are actually only one kind of customer, as it were, for the system, aren't they? There's always been this tension, I think, for as long as systems have been storing our content between yeah. what the records managers need and what the general users need always been that tension because yeah. it's so different yeah. I, I think and, and i think yeah. where i was i think where i was going with that little rant though too is that i mean i think as a as a professional group i think we have stood we, we've walked up to a point and then we've stopped and the the place that we actually needed to get to in order to make the model successful is just beyond that you know, it's the and and I've talked about this before. You know, it's the it's the the tailor, it's the information tailorism. You know, it's the literally time and motion standing there with the stopwatch and going right. You've just spent twenty five minutes looking in four different systems to try and find the thing that you want, and now you've come to the conclusion that either we don't have it or we've lost it, and so now you're going to go back to a client or to a customer of some kind and and ask them to fill it out again, and then you're going to, you know, do your thing when it comes back in. That's just cost you an hour. And we've been sitting here on this process and you've done the same thing 10 times today. And, you know, over the life of the business, that's going to cost X, Y, Z. I, I don't think we do enough of that work because that really is the work that you need to do to, in order to sit down and say, here is the value of a, a single source of the truth. You need to be there when the single source of the truth is not there and you need to measure the gap. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I don't think that that's something that we've done yeah. and something that we've articulated really well. And I think without us doing that, I mean, I think IT systems are seen as good enough because people put things in them and they come back and they're still there. I, I totally and agree. I've encouraged people so many times to try and do exactly that kind of before and after measurement. And, uh, yeah, it just, yeah, it never happens. I've never I, seen it happen. I, I think, you know, there's a there's this great tendency in Australia and New Zealand to to bash American record-keeping models, you know, particularly with Microsoft 365 popping up at the moment, you know. 
oh, that's a declare a record model. And, you know, I've heard people say that lots of times. Well, you know what? I mean, if you've got everybody doing their work in a file server and you've got an EDRMS over here and you're sitting there going, well, you know, you should move your things over at the end, that's a declare model, people. Yep. You're, running, yep. you're, running a, you're running a declaration model because you're going to say we're going to get to a point and then we're going to declare a record, you know, by putting it in a record system. Until then, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a declare model, you know, and we've got this fiction that we're... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and what I would say about that, um, like let, let's take away that kind of language. The idea that I want to identify a subset of the most important information, and I want to, um, oh yeah, okay, I'll use the word declare. I want to declare something's importance. Basically, I want to declare something significance or its status, or you know, and often this will be about its approval status. So, a classic example would be with the policy. Like this is the version of the policy that is in force now. Um, the idea of being able to have a mechanism that does that is actually is really good. You know, it's really useful. And I've seen that in organisations that have really good search is that an aspect of really good search is that you can find the authoritative version of something, right? So it's not just that you can, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a classic thing that actually search, the problem is normally you find too much, you know, uh, and and how do you find the authoritative version of something? That manual process of moving a subset of information into a certain place and then you see a search result and you go, oh, cool, it's in the important stuff bucket. <laughs> That's actually a really useful mechanism for people. Um, but it's it, it, it comes back to like right at the start what we're saying about sort of what's what's successful about, for instance, a, you know, a law firm or a um, sort of document management paradigm where people are putting a certain thing in is that they're only putting that effort into the right things, I suppose, and they're not sort of expecting um, to apply the same standard to everything. Um, and I think the other aspect of it is that um, they, the, the business, or the custodian, or whatever, is they get the value in doing that. Like they, they, they are doing that because it serves their work rather yeah. than because it serves someone else's requirements. I mean, that, the, the socio-technical piece for me, you know, it's these these are this, these are a business system, you know, an EDRMS is a business system, you know, we, we use it to keep business records. But, you know, w without, a, without a set of processes around it that rely on that system, then it really doesn't have, it really doesn't exist as far as, you know, the, the sort of internal workings of the organisation go. And, you know, it's simple things like, you know, the, the the use case that you just talked about, you know, what's the authoritative version of a thing? Well, I mean, that, that's that's not a that's not a system feature. You know, you don't you don't sit down and say, here, here is the system feature that says here is the author the well... authoritative thing. <laughs> let me let, let me let well no, let, let me finish sure. that. Because because I can put fifty things in there and mark them authoritative. But unless your organisation has a routine where it says, here is where you go for the authoritative thing, and that becomes a cultural thing where every single time somebody wants the latest version of that thing, they go to that place, then it doesn't work. And as soon as somebody goes, oh, you know, we, we, hired, we hired, you know, the, we hired the, this team of five contractors over here and... Um, yeah, we can't get them an EDRMS license because they're contractors and the license is five hundred bucks, and we can't. I mean, I mean, how often does that, how often does that happen? Um, or you know, because they're contractors, we can't get them security cleared. What, whatever. So we're just going to take the 
authoritative document and put it somewhere else. Well, you've just broken that process and you've just broken the whole thing. And all of a sudden, the organisation will get used to going somewhere else to get that document and that authoritative source is no longer authoritative. I mean, I, we've, I've done, you know, projects where, you know, we've tied websites to EDRMS systems so that, you know, people always have access to the authoritative version and, you know, those kinds of things. The process really does work, but it's a, it's whenever people are interacting with a system and it has to do something, it's not just a system feature. And I think that's a lot of what EDRMS misses. It's the routines that the organisation has to have around the system for it to become something that gets used and updated and valued. Yeah, I think I hadn't quite thought about this before, but in my experience of EDRMS, um, there is there isn't that. Yeah, there isn't such a good facility for, for example, promoting those authoritative versions, as you say. I mean, not not not, some, not like three six five is where you've got the ability to publish things as well as just store and surface them, as it were, and to say this is this is where you go to for the authoritative version. This is the the publishing hub where you find the good stuff and the rest of it is your working documents. In my experience, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, but the the traditional EDRMS was just where you put stuff into a structure rather than having any sense of this is more important than that. Is that true? There are, I mean, there are, there are lots of... You know, there are lots of features in these in these systems. You know, there are some of them that let you do things like, you know, uh, the the person who is the owner of the document. You know, will see every. You know, will see the latest version of it, but everybody else will will only see the latest published version or the latest finalized version. Right. You know, there's a a finalize or publish kind of feature in them. Um, so you know that 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 stuff that stuff exists, right? But it's still without that people routine around it. You know, what makes people go to a place to, to get the, you know, the authoritative thing? And I just wanted to pick up on, we were talking about, I think, how line of business systems seem to work better, if I've understood that correctly. But can you not design your EDRMS so that it effectively is, you know, a number of several different line of business systems, as it were? That's how I would see it. So each... Yeah, I think there's potential there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of how I would talk about uh, Microsoft 365. Yeah, exactly. The possibility of doing that. Yeah. I see that more, almost like a platform yeah. that you can establish solutions on. But I mean, I think that was the dream of workflow for lots of for lots yeah. of media yeah. systems. You know, that it would become a business. Right. System and you know, you've got a document yeah. driven. You've got a document driven process here. So. Here's your entry point document, and here's all the steps it has to go through. And you know the EDRMS will move it through those steps so that people don't have to think about it. They just do their work, and you know click the finished button, and you know then it moves on to the next person. And you've got reporting, and that was the dream with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think um, I mean that's one where I think there has been technical failures. Like there have been more than one organisation I've wandered into where people are like, yeah, you know, we wanted workflow to do this and it didn't, <laughs> which is a pity because, yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense to me and it is part of, yeah, going in that direction that you're describing, Judy. Um, I, I feel like in terms of talking about EDRMS as a failure, it would be remiss not to also say that um, almost any organisation, uh, I, I mean a government department, to be blunt, um, that I've walked into where we talk about disposal from an EDRMS um, records folks normally have really low confidence that things are actually filed correctly against the requirements 
And so they have real concerns that disposal actually ought not to happen or would require a bunch of refiling or a bunch of basically further work. So I think, again, that's another failure. It's like if there's a system, you know, we talked about different customers of the system and, you know, records being one of them. If it's not even working for records in terms of that subset of information that's going in there, then, yeah, then, then yeah, it, I believe that's a failure. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a very small percentage of agencies that are actually destroying things. You know, I know I, I run into the same thing all the time, and I have I have also made this point about the fact that we keep talking about disposition at the level of the aggregation, but, you know, every time somebody wants to destroy something, you know, they go to the file and they go through every document in the yeah. file to make yeah. sure that it, it does actually belong in that aggregation yeah. because they don't trust the they don't trust the person who is supposed to put you it might there. might as well do it at the document level then, yeah. Well, you are yeah. doing it at the document level, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a real thing about practice versus policy there, right? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's failing yeah. at the people stuff again, you know. And I think didn't we do we didn't we do like five episodes on the people stuff? <laughs> uh-huh. No doubt. Uh, several. Yeah. Cool. So I reckon let's uh, let's call that one to a close. I think there's a lot of useful stuff in there, um, or I'd hope there is. <laughs> um, and we have kind of been touching on Microsoft three six five. So the plan is that we'll go there next. We'll do a straight up. 365 episode so uh yeah thanks once uh one and all for listening and uh judy and carl for contributing and uh we'll catch you next time yes and please comments on this yeah, one yeah, you please, know agree yeah. disagree screaming rant about <laughs> it um we we really yeah, want yeah. to know yeah. we think this is a conversation worth starting and worth having so please tell us all what you think absolutely thanks all bye for now <laughs>